0: everyone and welcome to previously in the multiverse episode 6 i am peter joining me to be as always this connor that oh, was some real
1: pizzazz going on there you got some pizzazz we're into quarantine baby <laughs> okay okay so pizzazz going it is it's 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 paddy's day as we're recording this and i'm having to be very socially responsible and get hammered at home mm. Yes. Uh,
0: so, you know, quarantine episode, probably be a bunch of quarantine episodes for the next while, uh, <laughs> as, as, as we have no idea how long that's going to last. And we'll, we'll see. But luckily, reading comics and talking about them is pretty easy, even in hell, even if both of us get sick, we could probably still do this.
1: Yeah, barring like being so sick that we don't want to record and, you know, talk. Yeah, yeah
0: we can do this. There's maybe like a rough patch in the middle of it where we'll, maybe we'll be coughing too much to bother, but like,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's probably like a, a three or four day period where you're like, yeah, we're gonna take a pass on that.
0: But even if I need to self isolate, I can still come on and talk about shit. It's yeah, <laughs> fine. The,
1: the the dream scenario for me right now is is uh, is Paige gets ill. She she develops a cough. Nothing nothing too serious, just a cough. And she uh, has to stay can, for
0: seven days. Can I, just, I just, to just point out here, the start of that was, the ideal scenario here is that Paige gets sick. <laughs> that, that, was yeah. the, that was the start of that <laughs> sentence. Yes.
1: No, no, no. Because <laughs> our, our government's advice is very specific here. So if Paige gets sick, she has to stay inside for seven days. But I have to stay inside for 14 days. So, as long as I don't get sick, and cut that short. But, I mean, I can get sick for 14 days up to 21 if I get sick on that 14th day. So that's that's the dream scenario. <laughs> All right. Uh, we talk about
0: comics on this show. This is uh, our sister show to Comics from the Multiverse. Comics from the Multiverse, of course, is our main DC Comics podcast that is around 200 episodes now. Uh, and I think this is one that's going up just before 199 is. So, you know, we're just about to hit there. Uh, but this this show is where we talk about old DC Comics. This is where we talk about some previous runs. Uh, we work through them one issue at a time. Coming up on this episode, we'll be talking about Batman 404, which is notable because it's the start of Batman Year One. Uh, that is our post-crisis Batman slot, basically meaning that we started with po- the first issue that's considered post-crisis, and we're just working through all the Batman books. Well, I say all. The prominent ones from then on. Uh, so,
1: Right now, that's Batman and Detective.
0: Maybe Batman Detective, but it won't be that long before it's
1: also including Legends of the Dark Knight and Shadow of the Bat would be the other yes, two I'm, at time, I think. I suspect any essential tie-ins if we get to any events that need them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely some where I'm like, nah, those issues on Nightwing can just be saved for when we do Nightwing.
1: Oh, I'm sure. But there's probably a couple here or there that is like, no, we actually need to read this. It's the next part. <laughs>
0: Oh, sure, yeah. But uh, having read some of No Man's Land and having read a fair bit of Nightfall yeah. and stuff, a-, a lot of those issues are actually pretty, just kind of, they're just tie-ins. They're not actual yeah, parts of the yeah. story. Uh, but yeah, so that said, though, there's an argument that we should still read some of those, but regardless. So yeah, Batman, post-crisis. Uh, they were working through Wonder Woman, New 52, uh, the Brian Azzarello run. Uh, we got issue 6 of that today. Uh, we got The Flash 65, which is the next issue in Mark Wade's Flash run, which is a bit of an epic so uh final part of the year one story in that funnily enough uh, as we kick off the other year one which i did not remember only being four issues i want to point that out right now i i I thought that was six issues i was see when it got to the end of this issue it said end
1: i was like wait what (laughs) it's over i i think that's the end of the issue not the end of the story because like unless the year one bit ends and it's still born Uh, to
0: run that's the end of the year one bit because the next issue is an aquaman uh quick guest issue
1: I should check that my trade has that because my I have like a, a a random hardcover edition of this mm. that I've not been like looking at the issues I've just yeah, no, of yeah
0: the, no the next issue has got Aquaman on the front, so it is and I've read that issue before it's a pretty standalone issue so huh I'm yeah.
1: going to have to check well, that's what my <laughs> like there, but,
0: there is another annual coming up in in the, in this big thick trade, but I don't know if the, the Aquaman one's the annual I don't think it is, but I could be wrong uh, regardless there's not a time.
1: I'm just gonna just check while you yabber on about the rest of the books.
0: Alright, well there we got Birds of Prey Manhunt issue 4, next issue in the original Birds of Prey run by Chuck Dixon. We got GSA issue 5, just doing the GSA run, Jeff Johns' run, even though he's not on the book yet. And then we got Action Comics 769, this was the first of two Patreon votes, this was for Superman Emperor Joker, this is the fourth issue in that story. So, we're doing that. And then, finally, the last of the voting was uh, for Stephanie Brown, Batgirl, and this week is issue two of that series by Brian Q. Miller. Yeah.
1: Just for the record, I checked. Um, y- you're right, this, this collection that is just labeled, you know, Born to Run, mm. includes uh, 62 to 65, Annual 8, Speed Force 1, and <laughs> 80 Page Giant, issue 1.
0: That, that sounds like a bunch of random crap from later.
1: It it very well might be. Yeah, none of that's next. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. even the
0: annual coming up in the trade that I'm reading that's in order is at, like, annual five, not eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, a, like, a random collection thing that um, you can't see on the camera right now, but there's, like, you know, all... It's, it's one of those with the, the, the spines making images, so they have to be a certain thickness, usually.
0: Yeah, um, so... Well, that's what's coming up.
1: Animations.
0: That's what's coming up on this week's show. Uh so um, my plan there was to just remind everyone what runs were are just in case someone stumbled into this episode as the first I didn't necessarily mean to spend so much time doing it but that's Connor's fault for t- trying to add more details on uh, I only did eh, it on one it was enough alright let's get into the books then we got Batman issue four, 404 uh, not found so that's that's, that's <laughs> that terrible this is Frank Miller writing uh, back when Frank Miller wasn't like a, an empty fear <laughs> <laughs> when he was writing the comic book. Uh, although art is by Dave Mazazuki, if I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, it, sorry. Mazzuc- Ma- go on. Ma- Mazacelli. Mazzuc- M- Mazzuc- M- Mazzuc- <laughs> Mazacelli. I think. Mazzucelli, that sounds right. There you go.
1: You know what? One name <laughs> should adding, not have... You're adding in an extra A after the Zs. My problem with this is that one name should not have
0: three double layers. It just it, it plays tricks in my eyes. I can't, I can't process uh, it. That is fair. I can't process it. All right, so this is the start of year one, which is a book that obviously we've both read before because it's <laughs> Batman year yes. one. In fact, well, this was literally the first comic book I ever read.
1: <laughs> it wasn't for me, um, but what I think is probably noble, at least definitely on my part, and I suspect on yours, mm-hmm. the first time we've ever read it not in one sitting. Oh yes, and yes, and like spaced out the issues like it was actually released and is oh, yeah. a completely different experience. If
0: you'd asked me what the end of like the first issue was before I read it for this, I would never have been able to tell you what part it was.
1: Yeah, I've I've read this book probably I don't know four or five times. um Yeah, you know, a reasonable amount, and I I have never read it except in just sitting down and reading the entire thing. Maybe I've you know taken a break somewhere in the middle. Not not issue by issue, no, never.
0: Yeah, so Batman four hundred four. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny actually. Just like I'm imagining like getting comics in the eighties and it being like, oh, by the way, we're we're doing a four issue arc of Batman's origin, and it's not even that weird to think about. Obviously, we did you know zero year for like eleven months in fifty two. Oh,
1: I I think painful. it feels weird because so far what we've experienced is two issue arcs at most. Yes. Um, So so 4 feels like an epic. In comparison to what we've had so far, it really does.
0: Yeah, uh, what's interesting though is just how much the tone's changed. Now, obviously, we enjoyed the last couple issues of Batman. We we very much praised issue 402. 402, we thought, oh, that's actually really good. It's quite surprising. Mm. But what's interesting is just how the, the difference... It still looked like a comic from the time, and then you go to this one, and... Right away, it has this gritty, grungy, down-to-earth feeling. You know the.
1: the... I I think uh, so much of the the key difference um, that we're going to talk about in the art is the colours.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's not that those bright blue capes anymore, or anything
1: like that. It's it's this really muted colour palette. Uh, lots of dark purples, and you know the the yellows don't stand out. They're like, really faded. It's, it's it's uh it's so different.
0: Now, obviously, we actually ended up liking the last couple of issues quite a bit. So I'm not I'm not saying this to sort of insult the storytelling because it was actually much, you know, closer to a good Batman story or was a good Batman story than I was expecting. So I don't really mean to throw shade on it with what I'm about to say, but it really kind of feels like before there was like a kids' cartoon and then someone turned on the HBO version. Like you open the first page of this, it's like oh, this is the 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 adult version of Batman. <laughs> we're, we're reading like a
1: yeah. I just want to give a shout out. Richmond Lewis uh, did the colors. I, th- I feel like. Oh, he deserves, uh, particularly given how key the colours are in defining the feel and tone of how different this feels to everything that we've just read before this.
0: It, 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 it wasn't actually that bad, but you were digitising a, a touch there, just a uh, touch. I,
1: th- I thought you were saying like I was saying it weirdly. I was like, I don't think I did.
0: No, no, no. I was just. There was, I mean, it's it starting to clear up already. It was just color the connection was,
1: you
0: know, yeah. stuttering for just a, a moment. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you've not read Year One, it starts off with Gordon arriving uh, into into Gotham on a train. He's just moving here. And all he talks about is how much of a cesspit it is and how much he does not want he to raise a kid here. He doesn't want he to bring his pregnant wife here. He hates it. He's not happy about it. And he says, oh, I bet all the high and mighty like fly into the city. And there's this wonderful duality where we, you know, at the bottom of the page, we get Bruce flying in complaining that he's in the sky above the city. He wants to be amongst the people on a train. <laughs> so you have this weird kind of... Uh, you Know two sides of the same coin, uh, as grass was. is always
1: green on the other side,
0: yeah. Uh, so and you know, Bruce is like dodging press, Gordon meets Flash, and Flash, like, hey, cops got it made in Gotham, all, all that stuff. Uh, we get interested, in Commissioner Loeb. It you know, so much of what we think of as this the early part of
1: Batman's career comes
0: from this book, like, like, because like, yeah, in my head, I'm like, yeah, Commissioner Loeb, so yeah, you know, of course, Commissioner it's, Loeb's uh, commissioner when
1: Batman starts. Yeah, It's kind of incredible just how much is in this book, like, and. We we know this is you know year one. It's it's stupidly influential. It's everywhere, but I think you forget just the amount of details that are in it as well that you just take for granted now. Yeah, Flask. You
0: know, Loeb, but like all these things like Garden thinking he can try and fit in, but immediately you know Flask goes out and beats up some punks for no reason. Says, oh, he had this on him, and Garden, like, it's a comb. It's a switch comb, it's not a knife. Like why Why did you beat yeah. him up
1: over it? But there are there are lots of iconic moments that you remember. As, of course that's from year one but then there is the smaller things like that that you, you kind of brush over in your memory I think.
0: Yeah. Um, and we see Bruce training, we see like, cause it, again, Bruce doesn't know he wants to be a Batman yet. He wants to fight crime but he, does not, he doesn't have a clue about being a Batman yet. Hmm. um but you have flash get getting in the commissioner's face about yeah oh, garden's not fitting in he's you know he's he's writing people up for for being brutal or taking bribes you know he, he wouldn't accept a brave himself he's like he's just not fitting in and the commissioner's like click there's enough heat in me from the mayor and the you know internal affairs as it is wait and tell him out of town in a few weeks before you do it in, you know before yeah. you rough i, I, him I up. need a good alibi <laughs> yeah uh, and sure enough they show up in mass and beat up gordon uh Wonderful stuff. Silhouettes. The you
1: know the coloring really kind of changes here versus the rest of it. Everything shifts to these deep reds and oranges and this burgundy, and it it just feels dangerous in comparison.
0: Yeah, and Bruce is like putting on a disguise. He's giving himself a scar so he can walk amongst the the thugs and. See and what's I love what. that
1: that line about a, you know a single memorable dis, uh, distracting detail, mm. and it reminded me of the, the the key features of every Bond villain essentially as. Yeah, you know, they've all got one thing. And, um, you know, very intentionally so. Like, you know, they, they all have some sort of feature that that makes you go, oh, that's that Bond villain. Uh, so, and, you know, obviously that, that would have been, you know, quite popular at the time. So uh, I, I wonder if there was something kind of inspired by that.
0: I think what gets me reading this, especially compared to the issues before, is just the tone. Like, there's just there's so much atmosphere. Yeah. You know, when, when Gordon's, like, getting laid out with a baseball bat and he's lying there and he's like, I, I recognise that chuckle. It's flass. Like it just it, I, I, it, it feels helpless. It feels like oh shit, you're surrounded by people who are supposed to be able to confide in.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite moments there is what you just said. Is it's it's not it's flat. It just says Flas, like, mm. just the one word. It it cuts through so much more. And I think yeah. again, you we know, talk about how you know you one, You know, you kind of forget how influential it is. I think you kind of forget that Frank Miller used to be able to write.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, really well. Uh, I, the only, the only thing I really want to critique is that narration for Bruce is the 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 lettering's a bit too scripty for my liking cursive yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah but there's Um, there's definitely a worse cursive than that
0: though
1: no there is um i actually didn't struggle too bad with this i think there's only like one or two words in the entire issue that i kind of had to think about
0: it it definitely gets to a point where like i i refuse to try and figure things out so unless it's like something that makes a sentence like hard to understand i just won't bother trying to figure out a word that i don't get i'll just keep going (laughs) and just
1: did you have that in this issue
0: a couple, not a lot, but there was definitely a couple here or there. Mm, fair enough. Uh, where, you know, if the, if the shape of the word overall doesn't just strike me as something o- obvious. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and obviously we get introduced to Selena, uh, who is now a prostitute, and Holly's like this younger prostitute, and Bruce gets into a fight with the pimp. Yep. As
1: yeah. he does.
0: So, yeah, giving you this sort of more, getting down and dirty, uh, you know, Holly or oh, sorry, Selena jumps down because, oh, you know, it's like he was, I mean, it wasn't actually attacking Holly, Holly just kind of tried to stab him and he just kind of, you know, grabbed her to stop him, uh, to stop her rather. And, you know, Selena jumps down uh, and the police show up and, you know, he, he has to run and he, he gets caught and the police put him in the back seat and he essentially has to make them crash to get out. But he, obviously he saves them. You know, that's one of the key details is that when we hear about the next day is that the two policemen were found, you know, 30 feet from the the, the car
1: yeah, Do you know, this is one of those moments where, again, I'd kind of forgotten in the sense that when we got Zero Year, um, and this is not to shit on Zero Year, as much as I know people would like to. Do it. Um, no, no, no. There was a whole thing about how th- this is not Batman at year one. He's, you know, at year one, he's he's ready, he's prepared. And, and it's, it, it, as, as much as Zero Year, this is actually a Batman Earth one as well, the the Jeff Johns one, where, you know, oh, he's making tons of mistakes. He's so green. He's not actually ready to be Batman. And people say year one he was ready to go. That's it. He was just off. <laughs> no, he, and wasn't. he was so prepared. And I'm like, <laughs> in his first encounter out, he got shot and arrested.
0: Yeah, he 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 does terrible that this first night. Um, uh, I I love this first night out though. as be the same night that Gordon gets beat up, and then Gordon gets a baseball bat and like goes to find Flas and waits for him. I mean, Gordon yeah. not only beats him up, but he actually, I mean, first of all is the fact that he drives past Bruce, because Bruce actually speeds past him, though they almost hit each other. There's a nice little, you know, crossing of the, the lanes there. But, yeah, you know, he he, he beats up Flash to the point where he strips him down naked in the snow and leaves him there, just because he knows that he won't report it. He knows that he won't admit to anyone that Gordon did this to him.
1: Yeah. One of, one of my favourite narration bits with this, when he was like, you know, he's big, he's got Green Beret training, so obviously you're like, okay, this guy's good. He's like, it been 15 years since I had to take out a Green Beret. And he's like, oh shit, okay. Gordon can handle himself like, more than mm. maybe he had let on so far.
0: Yeah. But he also gives him a baseball bat he says he should have a handicap to make this fair. <laughs> uh, he says yeah. that. So what, what I love about this is that the idea that Gordon like, is already kind of like making himself a lesser cop to just survive in Gotham. Like, Obviously, he's not giving up his morals, but the fact that he has to come and beat the shit out of him like this, just so that he'll stay away from his family is really kind of like, okay, the city's done this to him already. So, later on in the story, when we're well from this yet, but later on when he's willing to maybe accept the idea of a vigilante like Batman to help fix the city, it's what the city's done to him in moments like this that make me believe it, that make me go, no, he's looking for something alternative because the 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 regular rules just aren't working. He's trying his best to obey them, but he just, it's he, impossible. He's understanding
1: that, that Gotham is broken.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that's when we get to... Well, in the middle of this is a flashback of the the Wayne murder, because, of course, I mean, it's the Batman origin. there should be, (laughs) after all. But uh, he's sitting there, and he's basically saying that, you know, Alfred was left to him from his parents, and if he rings this bell, Alfred will come and patch him up. But if he won't, he'll die. And he's basically considering just not ringing the bell, because he doesn't know what to do. He's like, Father, what should I do? What should I do? He doesn't know. And then after the flashback... That famous page, the fact, the last page of this first issue, the famous image of the bat crashing through the window, and I, you know, it's one of those things. where up until this point. There's been no mention of bats of any kind, and to the point where I, you know, I was like, does it even mention that he, you know, this was something that was from his childhood? And he does say, he does say, you know, that, you know, that this frightened me as a boy. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's in there. Is it so funny to me though? Because I just, I always think of his origin has been so like the idea of him being scared as bats as a kid to be something that's really so ingrained. In- was that
1: was that something that came from? begins or was it established kind of before that what do you mean like batman begins like the, the movie obviously established that really core in it's you know it's opening act that you know he was that like this as a kid and obviously this mentions it here that oh yeah he, he was friends as a boy but is there a lot more of this i don't recall in the comic
0: um i don't know if i don't know if there's much more i mean i think begins definitely embellished on the idea of what of the necess- necess- the necessity to have a symbol and use a symbol. It's just one of those key factors that have kind of because yeah. here he says he wants to scare people, but how? How can he scare them? And then the bat comes in. He's like, oh, this frightened me as a boy. Uh, yeah, begins definitely
1: took that torch and ran with it a bit more. Because I think now I feel like I've seen a handful of comics, at least in the in a post Batman Begins world, that have kind of really you know run with that and embellished it and kind of gone. No, we're we're playing up the, the 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 childhood trauma of it.
0: I think that's one of those things where we talk about how Kelly and Joke or Year One, where technically, I mean, this is, was in continuity because it was in the main book and it was like supposed to be the new origin, but even now when we've reset things a couple of times since, it's still kind of considered the, the origin of Batman. I, it it kind of feels like, you know, the way we take from this and Kelly and Joke, I feel like Batman begins, even though it's a movie, it still had that effect, but well, there's a couple of things like that. That are still like no they're now ingrained into batman as a character where mm. like the the way it added into the the importance of the symbol and the importance of how scared he was at the bats as a kid and why that's so important to him to overcome that to sort of make it what he uses against criminals i feel like that is kind of begins at least to a point because again like i say it existed in some form before then but the, the emphasis on it in that movie i think has informed a lot of new versions oh, of batman yeah. stories
1: uh- that's why, I mean, that's why I was wondering if it was Begins that kind of ran with that, because it's a really nice feedback loop in the sense that well, the, the comics kind of, yeah, it's definitely established here as a concept in its very basic infancy, but I can't think of anything else between this and Begins that well, really kind of ran with it in that way.
0: There's no really other big or- versions of his origin between this and Begins, so I guess if it did come up it would have been like some sort of like story where he sort of it comes with up in present day and he sort of harkens back to it that may have happened yeah. and we'll find out because we're going to read all of it <laughs> but uh, yeah exactly but uh nothing uh, nothing springs to mind for me either but yeah but this so. is such
1: a such an iconic moment isn't it you know, you know y- y- yes father i shall become a bat it's ingrained I- into you know batman now that that's just that is the moment
0: yeah what's funny about this is this is the one thing that begins actually played down is that the moment he sees a bat it's not this big dramatic moment where he's lying dying and, you know because that's, that's the final panel here is him ringing the bell so that alfred will yeah, come save him. him him choosing to live yeah uh beautiful moment but you know begins like the, the moment where the bat comes in it's just he's just sitting there like, doing some research or whatever <laughs> the bat just kind of appears obviously they shift it sort the dramatic moments him facing his fear and standing up amongst the bats which i love that moment so i'm not complaining about this but yeah the actual bat coming in is just like a sort of like, oh, there's a bat in here. Ooh.
1: Yeah, that's more just a, oh, hey, bats. That gives me an idea in that movie. And and like I say, it has the big dramatic beat with him facing it. But um, it's it's different. Uh, not in a bad way. I love that stuff.
0: Yeah. Love that movie. Uh, so yeah, that's the issue. It's just so weird to stop there. I'm so used to, like, say, just, reading Just going on. to the next bit. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I... Uh... It's it's funny because like if you'd asked me like before again what what was in each issue of year one I, I wouldn't be able to tell you I mean obviously I knew the the arriving the train was at the start because it's obviously the start but other than that and the ending's obviously the ending but everything in between uh,
1: could kind of happen like yeah I can kind of tell you well that's the ending area of the book but if you if if you tell me it happens in issue three and not four I That's it.
0: I can tell you one of the cliffhangers actually between issues is when he's trying to escape the building and it's either just before or after he's called the bats in for help because i i vividly remember like the the spot team kind of coming in for him at the start of one of the issues so i think that's either the end of issue two or three i don't know which one though we'll find out <laughs> fair
1: enough um like i said I, I i could not tell you any individual moment that is in a specific issue from here on out
0: yeah no i I think what's so impressive about Year One, reading it especially in this context, having read the few issues before it, is just how much of a shift it
1: is. It's hard to imagine just how how seismic this shift was at the time.
0: Right? And obviously Dark Knight Returns was first, so there was like kind of the seed for it that sort of said, hey, maybe Frank Miller should do some sort of new version of the Batman origin, right? There was a seed for it. But We talked about you know taking things now. Obviously, a lot of the plot details from Dark Knight Returns has never been taken into mainline continuity. It never should be because it's such a weird sort of futuristic,
1: brutal version of Batman.
0: But this idea of having a grittier, more down-to-earth sort of one that we can understand and making it, and obviously very clearly inspired as well by Frank Miller's own Daredevil stories, which predate these Batman stuff. His Daredevil from the end of the '70s into the early '80s, uh, which I've read actually is really good. Like it's fantastic.
1: A couple of volumes in comiXology I think I've never actually touched them
0: um I never because there's a like his big story from later like born again or whatever it's called I've never read that but the actual main the first run that he did I read all of uh where I I, I, and I think that was when he introduced like Electra I think that was her first appearance I could be wrong but I think it was
1: yeah I've definitely got at least a couple of the trades if not all of them um I just have never never read them maybe quarantine's the time but you can
0: definitely feel it. You can definitely feel reading uh, those stuff that is definitely the same guy who went on to do Batman Year One. And, you know, for whatever reason, maybe just because Batman's the bigger character, but I think Batman Year One is kind of the one that sticks out. Not the biggest story because Dark Knight Returns is the one that's always brought up first, even though I think Year One's the better of the two. <laughs> but, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but uh, the tone shift is so good uh it, it feels like the type of batman you might be reading to so the point where do you know what i'm actually really fascinated by the first issue of batman after this arc like is what, it gonna
1: f- <laughs> is it gonna feel like we're stepping down
0: like th- th- does it try to kind of incorporate some of the new tone with the the old stuff or does it just completely go back to what it was before and like oh
1: <laughs> it's hard to say because uh, you know we, we know not too far from here we get you know in, in terms of you know real world time we're getting mm. to like nightfall and stuff yeah. And, you know, the build before all of that.
0: Well, we got de- and that's... De- Death and the Families before all that, though, so...
1: No, it is, but I'm just going, you know, a little bit further out. And, mm. it, and when I say a little bit, like, it's only a handful of years, right? That we've got to get from what we had before this issue to kind of that as the kind of standard weekly, you know, monthly issue of, of yeah. what well, want to expect.
0: Yeah, this was like 87, or at least it ended in 87, and Nightfall's like 91, 92? Yeah, so...
1: what? we're looking th- you know three to, three to four years yeah. yeah So it's not that long really um it, it might sound like a lot if we tell you how many issues that is but it's not really that much and i do wonder how much of a gradual shift it is or if this kind of does just drag it forward into that age and does detective drag with it or is it
0: still the goofier comic that we had the last few issues of because that was definitely the goofier of the two Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. No question. It's going to be really weird. Like, going to, like the next detective issue, because that's the next episode we'll be doing, like... It
1: might feel like Whiplash after this.
0: It may, yeah, it might may, may feel crazy after this. So... But no, that's Batman 404. It's such a weird thing to just sort of judge this issue on its own, but I guess that's, that makes for a fun experiment here, to actually look at this as a single issue, as opposed to... Whatever. But honestly, the entrances his two main characters, and I love that Gordon is an equal main character in this book. It's uh, a oh, twofer, for sure. Uh, and I love the ending is dramatic and big. It's, you know, it's very much he's trying, he's failing, and he just gets the idea. Like, you know, the important idea comes right at the end. I think it's the perfect cliffhanger. So, mm. I, f- I mean, it's hard to fault this issue. There's not a lot. I mean, like I say, some of the lettering, maybe in Bruce's narration, maybe half a point take for that. <laughs> um, and then...
1: Yeah. I I really didn't want to just be a cliche and rate year one stupidly high because it's year one, but there's a reason it's year one. I, I, I if anything, I think I want to read it higher because I have the context
0: of reading the issues, of all, 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 all also before, but also uh, detective, like reading those detective issues and then going to this. Yeah. Like, it feels so fresh, and it's it's funny because obviously we're used to like this type of Batman because we've had it for thirty goddamn years, but. It feels fresh after reading a few of those goofier issues. It's like, yeah. hey, Batman's yeah. here, baby.
1: It's, it's it's bizarre to think I read a issue of Tynan's Batman more recently than I did that last issue of Detective that we've done for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this still feels like a, a reset of my palate.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's just a case of, as comic readers we're really good at keeping the current comics separate in our mind from Old stuff, we're yeah. yeah
1: there's, there's a lot of separation going on, isn't
0: there? I think that's just something we're used to. But what are you giving it then? We're in. I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah, I guess to at least a nine. I'm only eight point five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, feel, I thought I was going stupidly high.
0: <laughs> I, I just, I feel like it's the perfect first issue for what this story is. It, it tells you how desperate it this is, and how how much of a desperate world Gardens in, and the need for something. Even if the yeah. ID is not there yet, and then that cliffhanger is perfect.
1: I'll tell you the only bit I'm really knocking points off for, aside from maybe a couple of words in the lettering, sure. and I mean individual words, is the the little bit with Selena. I wasn't really feeling. I don't. I never really feel that as, as much. That's
0: sure. If anything, that's the one thing that maybe kind of hasn't continuously been taken from this is the idea that she's to be a prostitute. I feel like that's something that's just kind of like, nah, we don't really take that part. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that that's the one bit where I'm like, eh, okay, which is probably why I'm giving it a 9 and not the 9.5, but I mean, it's still a 9.
0: <laughs> I actually kind of agree with that. I'm going to go with an 8.5 still, because I feel like it's such a...
1: I mean, I'm not I'm not you know, faulting I... you for giving it
0: a 9.5. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to Wonder Woman issue 6, uh, which happens to be the end of the first uh, trade, if you happen to be reading this in trade form. Uh, of course, Connor's reading the Omnibus, I think, so he's...
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm reading it on DC Universe, actually. Oh, you're in DC Universe? No, then. No, no, no. Yes, I'm reading the singles. I mean, same effect, essentially, that I don't have trades, but... Yeah. Uh, so, this... Uh, I
0: was pretty down the last issue. Uh, I was just actually... Brian Azzarello right, of course, Tony Atkins is on Art again.
1: Um, Which is disappointing that we haven't got Chiang back yet. I think he is back for the next issue.
0: Mm. So, I have to admit, this is... the. the I think my interest level in this book, it's clear that it's kind of dipping as we go because this is the one where the two in a row now I've struggled really hard to remember and I have to look at it as we're talking to remind myself what the <laughs> hell happened in it. Uh, but the gist of it from what I recall here is that uh, Wonder Woman has got Poseidon and she's got a couple others basically all in a ploy just uh, to kind of dupe uh,
1: Hera, right? yeah kind of um so she, she has Poseidon and, and Hades yes basically she comes to them it's like here's a deal I'll kind of split Hera with you and you can one of you can rule in the day and one of you can rule in the night essentially <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but her ploy at the same time is to kind of just get Hera out of the table so she won't kill Sola and the baby and won't be you know rage kill the, the kid um uh, <laughs> So she's kind of just using everyone to get what she wants, um, which is very different from what we think of as, as Wonder Woman, I, I, I think. Do you know, I think part of my
0: issue with this book, and you know, I stopped reading this back at the time, and I think it's kind of coming clear to me why I kind of fell away from it because I'm kind of losing interest again now, is I think part of it, A, because it doesn't necessarily have that that hopeful heroic. Vibe that I get from Wonder Woman, you know, it's just kind of like how when I go to Superman, I expect a certain feeling from what Superman should. Do. Not necessarily all the time, you can have a darker Superman story here or there, but typically speaking, there's a general feeling that I feel like Superman should project. And Wonder Woman's kind of a similar thing where, except maybe hope's the wrong word, maybe grace is a better word. And I don't necessarily feel the grace from this Wonder Woman, but I think the other thing that kind of bugs me about this is that I'm not someone who necessarily loves the sort of mythology that Wonder Woman plays with. I like her and I like all the characters in it. And I kind of accept, you know, the mythology of you know, the the gods and all the rest of it. But this is changing all of that and it's frustrating for me because I like I, I don't I, I feel so unconfident in what I know about it that I'm not even entirely sure when something's changed sometimes and I'm like, I don't even know if this is something I am I am I rightfully confused here or is it just me being forgetful
1: like and I it think frustrates I have me. One point in this issue that I would say is a significant issue, um in that uh I don't know if this is an art or a writing problem. I don't know if it is from the script or if it is just you know um, unclear in the art and mm. how it's portrayed. It's when so they they grab the candle off Hades' head and use it to kind of transport and trap Hera. It's very unclear what's happening as it's happening. I, I you know I didn't quite get the context until afterwards, and they kind of talk about it of like oh this is what we've done. It's very unclear as to what they're actually doing in the moment and i think that is suffering a little bit especially as it is the the big moment you know the crux of the issue
0: yeah no i think that's fair I think that's fair she could, yeah, well she's diana transports and then she sort of lures her out to uh whereas she pulls her out to uh but so she sort of lures her out and then she comes back and then it becomes oh this was all a ploy everything with these gods was just a ploy to get her in this position uh, more than yeah. anything else, uh, there is a sort of weird sort of moment here at the end where uh, Zola is sort of lured down by what looks like her mother, but it turns out to actually be
1: something else. Something
0: else, yeah, some monster of some kind. Some... yeah,
1: we, we we don't know yet. Yeah. So that's all right.
0: So yeah, like and some of the action is good. Like the fighting on the bridge with the centaurs and uh, you know the Poseidon stuff. I mean, the, like the the action looks good. Like I can't really fault the action, uh, but. I have to admit, from, from a, just from what the story's doing perspective, like I find myself kinda uh apathetic at this point. And I think that's probably why I dropped I stopped reading it in the first place. Now I'm not gonna say I'm stopping here, like we can keep going. It's fine. It's just
1: um, it might win you it might win you back. It may win me
0: back, yeah. But I, I think um I'm going to try and not just rag on it when we talk about it, because 'cause I'll just get old fast. Um mm. and just point out if there's any specific that I either like or dislike.
1: Uh so I feel like I've done that. I mean they are it's fine, it's not as good as Chang, obviously. But yeah, it's it's clearly trying to emulate Chang's style, and it does a reasonable job of that. Um, I think it does a a good job with characters like Lennox in this issue. You know, like with him with the, the cigarette, constantly trying to light it off, like Hades' head, because um, Hades is the ca- melting candle head in this, which I kind of like that design. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it treats that kind of well. Um, but like I say, I think uh, most of the art is solid. There is just that one, I think it's like two pages where I'm like, what what exactly is happening here? And it isn't until they explain it afterwards that it becomes clear that it's a real problem. And I don't know who to blame for that. I don't want to just blame the artist because you know Tony Akins is a fill-in artist. I don't want to just blame him on it because oh well Chang would have covered this because I don't know that uh, this may have been unclear in in whatever in in Azarello's script. I I really don't know. Um, I think it, it's it's those two pages being the the climax of the issue that make this the weakest issue for me so far. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's the big moment of, this is the plan all coming together, and I'm like, what what just happened?
0: Yeah, for me, this was kind of just on par with last issue, which I also wasn't that keen on. But it was just kind of, you know, it was, had some nice moments of action or whatever, but the actual gist of what it was doing, I wasn't super into. I, f- yeah. I, I, f- I feel like the, the, the conflict with Hera could have been better like because that last issue they spent like half the issue just sitting around a table talking about it and I still feel like it didn't do enough to make me understand exactly what was going on
1: <laughs> Like, uh, okay I don't quite have that complaint personally but
0: yeah I don't know but I mean again it's it's one of these things where once you get to the point of apathy it's just sometimes I'm not necessarily taking in details as much as I would otherwise being
1: hmm. uh, no that, that, that is true I, I, I know that feeling um, not necessarily in this book but in general yeah, so uh, now I'll keep giving it a chance.
0: I'll see how issue seven is, but I'm not. I'm not super. I, I do like it.
1: how it ends, where so you know the Zola and and the baby were stolen, um, by Hades. I don't know if it was Hades himself because it was it didn't look like him, but uh, whatever it was was for Hades, and Hades, you know, okay, you know, you know, fulfill your bargain that we made with you know ruling, um, you know the, the heavens, uh, or or you know. You'll be the last of Zeus's bloodline, you know, which is a pretty clear threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get much clearer. <laughs> yeah, we're giving it. Um, I am gonna give it just a six point five. Yeah. Oh I gave the last
0: one. I think it was about a five. I'll give it a five again. Five out of ten. <laughs> uh no, not not a train wreck by any means, but it's just not really appealing to me all that much. Uh so that takes onto the flash. Issue sixty five, Mark Weird writing with Greg Rock on the art. This is the final issue of the Born to Run arc. Uh, something that I, when I was talking about this an issue or two ago, I remember, I, I think I said, oh, I'm sure Barry tells him who he is by the end of the arc. He doesn't. I, that
1: was a made up memory. Joe, I, Do <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm going to blame you for that or the issue, but I'm going to knock off at least half a point to what I did originally in that, as we were talking about at the start of this episode, mm-hmm. that I didn't realise this was the last issue. Even though as I was reading it and it said end, I just assumed it meant end of the issue because it didn't really feel at the end of the story for me. Um, No, nah, I,
0: nah, I got to end the story to a point. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's definitely stuff to still explore from his early days if Wade's going to go back and do that. And he might. I don't know if he does, but he, he might. But, I mean, just in the sense that he kind of learns to not, like, hit being with his parents. <laughs> like You know a- what I
1: think it is that's throwing me off is, now that I'm thinking about it in that context, mm-hmm. this issue feels more like an epilogue. Whereas as I was reading it, I thought this was the transitionary issue mm. between the two parts of the story. Uh, so that's kind of what's thrown me off, I think. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: yeah, we have uh, Wally's in present day, you know, he's, he's with his grandfather and just to remind us again of the the, the framing device. But, you know, it shows us, you know, Iris driving Wally home and Wally being kind of pissy about it, ignoring the tornado warning on the radio as well. Um, Iris try to talk him into him you know, caring about his parents, and he's just kind of pissed. And we know that it's not just because he's going home. We know it's because he also has been told that he can't use his powers, which you know is really upset him. And when his father, and when his father comes home, he drops a dish, and his father just yells at him. He doesn't even say hi to him without being prompted.
1: He's like, yeah, it. and he's so frustrated because he's like, you know, yesterday I could have caught that dish, and now you know, you know, could have. What was what was the exact line he says? He says something specific. Oh. I could pass a Concorde like it was standing still and now I couldn't even catch a stupid plate.
0: Yeah. I like the touch that he's got like uh flash like bed spreads and <laughs> like flash posters and whatever. He's a he's a proper fanboy. He's a proper fanboy. Uh it's a bit weird that he's got a photo of his aunt on his like nightstand. I mean I get what yeah, it's doing, that? but that that's a show weird. Like I don't think any kid has a photo of their aunt. No. The it's kinda of weird. I don't think most kids have a photo of anyone on their nightstand. I mean, maybe if their parents give them a photo and say, "Hey, put that in your nightstand," maybe they'll have like a family photo or something. But it's not something kids tend to have. No, no, not at all. Um, not of a person they know. Maybe of like a celebrity or something they've got a crush on. But like
1: by that, that's much more likely.
0: Yeah, like I don't know.
1: It, it it I would expect far more likely for it to be some cutout from a magazine of some yeah. celebrity or other than.
0: Your aunt. I mean, what time period were we in here? Who would Wally be to? it's Cindy Lauper? I don't know. Who was it was, it was, it was, it was a hit? Right. With, yeah, who was who was a hit with the young teenage boys or not even teenage? He's ten, but like yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so he's really upset and he's so pissed that he actually runs out. He goes he goes out the window. His dad comes up to find him. He's not there. And can I just say how much I love the art shift Because everything's really flat and like all these flat pale blue walls and stuff like that. And when I mean, you go outside and it's the storm. It's just all it's this just scratchy shadow and, and shadow. It just it looks so different and distinct.
1: It's so scratchy is the word I yeah.
0: want to use. Oh, it's great. Um and we've been present out a lot in this arc. I i think every has had like that standout moment of a really good bit of like timing and sequencing and the pacing in the panels. Mm-hmm. And there's one coming up here later actually, uh during all this stuff. But his dad actually finds him and climbs up the tree and he even mentions how he didn't even realise his dad could climb a tree. But his dad's really like, oh, and even the way his dad's phrased, he phrases things, he's like, oh, you come down here this instant. I don't want to I have to take you to the hospital. Like, the way he phrases, like, no, I don't want you to be an inconvenience, so come down this instant. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, not...
1: I don't need you breaking a leg. Like, no, I don't want you to break a leg. Yes. So, but, you
0: know, it's, it's basically, you know, Wallach learned to understand that his dad does care about him, it's just in, a, in his own unique way. Because one of the things Iris says earlier is that, you know, oh yeah, your dad and, my dad wasn't, you know, you know, his father like wasn't that great a relationship he didn't really like him that much uh, so it's kind of this almost running in the family thing where, you know, theoretically Wally may be a shitty dad one day although, but we know, he's not because we have hindsight I, I
1: suspect it's one of those things that skips generations in the sense that because they had a shitty dad they intentionally got out of the way not to be a shitty dad well it didn't in this case though, did it? well, no but generally speaking... Because Wally's dad and the grandfather. No, no I know. I mean, generally. Yeah. Not always.
0: So, uh, lightning strikes the tree, and Wally's okay, but the, the trunk land, lands on his father, and Wally can't pick it up. And there's a tornado coming. As so always we, we straight up get, like... And do you know what I love about this? Is I'd forgotten that this kind of ends with the big action climax of this series isn't with the Flash. It's Wally on his own, in his own town you know dealing with something completely and he's like hey i saw the flash once you know
1: unfunnel a tornado basically by and running around it it's not even stopping like a crime or a, it's It's not even like a weather wizard tornado or anything it's yeah. just just a tornado
0: no i, I love that I, I love that it is just a natural disaster uh um but it possibly gives it the setting as well because the midwest you know it's tornado country
1: that's it i don't I don't say just a tornado as if tornadoes aren't yeah. potentially dangerous i mean in comparison to you know yeah. flash villains <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's this thing here where Wally basically makes that hero's choice. He's like, you know what, I don't care if this kills me. I have to try and save my dad. I have to try and stop this. So yeah. he puts on the outfit. His dad's knocked out, obviously. <laughs> so he doesn't see any of this. Um, and I will say that the panel of him in full costume, when he's first put it on, the, the posture's a, a bit weird, yeah. However... The page after that, maybe my favorite page of art in the book, because it's the pacing again, where he's trying to run and he falls down. And I think because of the scratchy art, the rain, and the, the really selling the the mud that he's let like, he lands in it, it really you really feel that he's being beat down by the
1: weather. Yeah, I kind of love how the rain and this puddle—it's so it's inky black. right? Yeah. it's not like a even even rain on a on a you know a heavy overcast day when it's a storm doesn't look black like this. This this does feel like ink and i know you go last because it isn't but i mean the effect of it is is really really strong
0: but he gets back up of course and he does it anyway and he kind of fights through it um and fights through the pain that you know it's been caused because he's supposed to hurt because of this and it's it's almost like he's just training his muscles like if you want an explanation as to why he's fine after this it's like no no he basically just conditioned his body to be okay with it
1: yeah Uh, all of this is talked about you know he hits the wall and he breaks through it and and it's, you know, athletes, when they, when they break through the wall, they can keep going, and now he can too.
0: And, and for me, it doesn't feel like it betrays what his grandfather told him last issue, because his grandfather is working purely theoretical here. He's, like, he's had one patient before him who's got super speed, and that's the Flash. And this is the first kid that he's had with super speed. Like, everything he's saying is completely, like, you know, hypothetical. Hmm. He doesn't have precedence. He doesn't know what he's really doing. He's to...
1: making an educated guess. And it's not yeah. a bad guess based on what the information he had.
0: Yeah, but Wally has to try to save his father, so he pushes through it anyway. And you know he's got blood coming from his nose, but he does it. And I love how the art goes back to like what you recognize as the art in this book. Like the the black scratchiness goes away after mm. the tornado dissipates, and it's back to the old coloring. And he you know gets his dad up off the table, and we cut back to present day. And you know Wally's talking to his grandfather, and his grandfather's like, "Ah, oh, don't worry, I Irish knew you know what you did, and you know one day when she found out." and all the rest of it. Um, So, and Wally kind of, at first he's going to try to leave, and he's like, you know what, no, I will stay for dinner. Um, And his grandfather's like, hey, Iris lives on in you. Like, you know, it was it?" he says, Barry taught me how to be the Flash, taught me how to be Kid Flash, but Iris taught me how to be Wally West. Yeah. Uh, So, it ends in a a close-up of a photo of the two of them. Um, And, yeah, so he's staying for dinner, and he's accepted, he's passed, and that is the end of the issue. Uh, 65 and the end of the arc. Uh, we finished our first arc. Go us. And the Wade's Flash. Uh, really good stuff. And I, I think... What's so good about it is that this came after Batman Year One. and But obviously the tone is completely different because it should be for a couple of reasons. One, first of all, it's not Batman. But secondly, the main character is 10 years old. So it should yeah. be more jovial. It should be more light-hearted and I, I think my favorite thing about the arc is how wade writes young wally to have kind of a kid's attitude about things the, the way he throws like tantrums in his head about hating barry and being bored it feels like okay you're being a little shit but you're being a sort of a real a rel- relatable a, kid a, nor- a
1: normal little shit yeah someone who belongs in juvie
0: yeah yeah not, not a, like a damien <laughs> who's like trying to kill people yeah not like yeah. that so, you know, I, I really appreciate that. I think the voice is really well done. Um and yeah, and I I do wonder how much of this stuff that we're talking about, you know, do we get to see maybe like a reinterpretation of when Iris finds out, when when Barry tells him who he is, like do we get to see like how he gets his yellow costume and like other flashbacks later? I don't know if we do, maybe we do, maybe we don't.
1: Maybe. I uh, I will say as much as the Yeah, I, I agree with everything you've just said about like ten year old Wally, I'm kinda of looking forward to just getting into wally well just,
0: you know, you know yeah, i, I know it's yeah. coming but yeah. I, i'm kind of just
1: I'm, I'm i'm ready for that now yeah uh, but
0: that's uh that's born to run flash year one uh yeah i thought this issue comes up to the standard of the previous I think it's kind of interesting that outside of barry kind of waving goodbye at the start there's no barry after that no flash it's just wally's story on his own hmm so the torch in a way not fully but in a way has been kind of passed on as the main character of the book you know where i mean it was always the main character but he gets to have an issue to himself which it's really just him and no flash it does feel
1: like transitionary in that sense that it's like okay we're, we're done with barry now again
0: and even iris is there for a bit longer says goodbye and she leaves and it's this is just wally and his problems now yeah so really good stuff uh what are you giving flash 65 uh i'm gonna give it a solid seven yeah, I'm going to go as high, I'm going to go 8. I, 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 like I say, the art... We mentioned that one weird, you know, body you know, <laughs> panel, but yeah, like uh, the art's really good, especially the way it transitions when it goes into the storm, I really like. And again, the pacing that, that the art has had and the layouts has been so good, and it's consistent in this one too, so... Uh, that is uh, Flash issue 65, which will take us on to Birds of Prey Manhunt issue 4, the conclusion to this four-issue miniseries here uh, by Chuck Dixon and Matt Haley. On the art, so this is uh, Catwoman and Huntress coming to the the city, uh, the, the the plastic or the no plastic city, I should say, the yeah, plasticless, compl- yeah, yeah, plasticless say and you know, obviously Oracle trying to help where she can over the comms. Uh, interesting idea here that uh, what's his name here, braun is actually a meta human and has an ability where he can kind of predict all the moves you're about to make because he, he kind of. He hears kind of your thoughts, but only like the thoughts of what you're about to do from the sounds of it.
1: Yeah. And I think that is actually the crux of my biggest problem with this issue is that it sets that up very early on and makes it very clear what it's doing and then spends a good third half of the issue maybe kind of going, oh, well, what could it be that he can do? And I'm like, it, it's just there. Mm. I feel like it takes so long to get to it that it's frustrating.
0: I think it's actually kind of weird that there was no hints for this in the previous issues. I don't remember any either.
1: But I, I don't recall. Maybe, maybe there
0: was not some of the action scenes where you can go back and go, oh, I guess he was using that ability. Maybe that makes more sense now. But, yeah, Shiva wants a piece of black canary
1: because she recognises her. Okay. Uh, actually, I really liked how it established his ability early on. Cause, cause he, yeah, because he blocks Shiva. <laughs> yeah, you know, Sh- Shiva takes a swing and he just steps in and grab- grabs her arm like it's nothing.
0: And it's one of those things where at first I'm like, wait, are they trying to sell me that he's a better fighter than Shiva? That's a bit far-fetched just to set up this, this asshole villain. But I like that almost immediately either Oracle or Canary say, wait a minute, she was like the best fighter on the planet, one of the best fighters on the
1: planet. This this isn't right. How isn't right. How was he able to do that? Yeah, I think that's my problem Where you know, while I was talking here is that's, I don't know, early few pages, and then the very next page after he stops her, which... It sells you as a threat, because you go, okay, so he can stop Shiva, so he can probably stop any of the other fighters there as well. But the very next page, you know, Babs is going, hmm, metahuman ability. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get it already. And mm-hmm. it feels like it's so long in the issue then, until the rest of the characters get there.
0: Uh, There's obviously some journeying with the other characters. Uh, Canary uh, I don't like how Canary tries to get a hit in because she kinda like to I just have to I just have to sort of not think about what I'm doing. because uh, l- later on, like, that's how they do it, is Oracle tells her what to do rather than yeah rather than actually her fighting herself. Uh so um you know, I I like this running gag of Babs like doing random things as she's talking to them. Like she's like just out of the shower at one point and she's like blow drying her hair as she's like talking yeah, to Kelly. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's this dichotomy of her being, you know at home, kind of or, or kind of at home doing this relatively normal stuff, and the rest of them being, you know, out in danger.
0: It's been a running thing because she was like exercising or swimming in one of the other issues when she was talking to them. It's, it's been kind of a running gag uh, throughout. But of course, they get there, and very quickly it becomes this giant fight where Shiva's involved fighting, uh, I think, Catwoman, and Huntress is obviously in there. Uh, and he doesn't even remember who Huntress is, which really, of course, but pisses her off, as you'd expect. <laughs>
1: Yep, pretty
0: fairly. So, yeah, uh, so the fight happens, but she does kick him in or knee him in the nuts, nuts, though. Uh, And then this was the moment I was talking about where she sort of lets Babs kind of like tell her what to do rather than think about herself. Uh, I like the idea that if he's not really paying attention, you can still, you know, surprise him. You know, if you like sneak up behind him and just give him a whack, like you wouldn't be able to predict that because he's not really like listening for it. Yeah,
1: it's something that, in retrospect, bothers me a little about what happened with Shiva in that. This is here, yo. Know, she she's just saying, you know, like jabberwock. You know, just you know, just think random things and kind of act on muscle memory to a point almost. Hmm. And I'm like, wait, you're telling me Shiva thought about what she was gonna do as <laughs> opposed to just do it? A Shiva of old people. <laughs> I mean, that's fair.
0: Yeah. I can't I can't really fault that. Uh, yeah, there there's the it has been, you know, a bit cartoony. Yeah, but...
1: there's a. Uh... No, no standout panels, good or bad. I think it's just really solid throughout. Um, I do like the last page a lot, though. Like, yeah, you know, with them riding away on the horses. I think that looks kind of great. Yeah, they're riding away from the city as it's
0: burning, and they're on horses because that was the only option they had. And that's the end yeah. of the story. Yeah. The uh, the beat the you know when the fight Shiva kind of smirks and vanishes into the flames because she's like, ah, okay. But that was actually a pretty decent fight. I'll see more of you guys later. <laughs> basically, I,
1: yeah, that panel's was pretty solid. Actually, her in in the flame.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, it's one of these weird things where I think, as a as a mini series on its own, it feels like ah, oh, it's just okay. It's it's not like there's some fun beats here or there. It's kind of like important by the context of being kind of the first proper Birds of Prey arc, but it's not actually obviously a standout story for them. I, I don't think.
1: Yeah, it's it's a fine story overall. And I think if it was just a random mini, you'd probably overlook it. In context of it clearly being a building block of this prototype of the Birds of Prey, as kind of like, well, we'll kind of figure it out and we're almost there. Yeah, if you're reading the uh, thick
0: trades for this, after this, was there's another couple of one-shots. Uh, and yes. then the, the actual ongoing series starts by the start of the second trade. So... Yeah, uh, you have to
1: tell what those one shots are.
0: After I, I have good to have to tell you because it's not entirely obvious. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I think it's an enjoyable enough read. But I, I think the best thing we've read in From Birds of Prey so far was that first big one shot that 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 long oversized issue where Canary was just investigating that 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 corrupt yeah that had Green a lot piece of guy.
1: for it and it had it hit a lot harder than than we expected as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that said though, I think the building of her relationship, like Babs and Oracle's, or sorry, Babs and Dinah's relationship, is uh, is really sort of still been seeded throughout all these, and I like that that's still going.
1: Yeah, it feels like a continuity thread in the sense yeah. that, okay, when by the time we get to the Birds of Prey proper series, it feels like this is kind of okay. They have built this up over time. It's not out of nowhere their relationship. Yeah. So, there you go. That is a uh, Birds of Prey, Manhunter. For what are you giving it? I will give it a. Um... I'll give it the 7, just about.
0: Yeah, I'll give it a 7. Oh, I agree with that score. Uh, so that takes us on to JSA issue 5, Jamie Robinson and David goya writing. I think it's probably the last issue writing, without Johns, at least. And then we have uh, Derek uh, Achoon. I'm going to say that is. or I mean, it could be O'Coin, but I feel like it's a foreign name, so I'm,
1: I'm going to assume it's not just that. See, the, the reason why I assumed it might have been is... I, I don't know the, the the credits is just the surname hmm. so i i don't know maybe yeah it felt like it could have been a, a a mononym
0: okay okay well regardless uh this is an issue obviously we picked up with the the cliffhanger where sand kind of fell through the earth and we we start with that happening we're just kind of falling through parts of the crust we we actually i didn't even noticed this until i just looked just now but it was like, it was like a dinosaur skeleton like he, yeah. he's been past that's a nice little touch uh, but he eventually kind of like climbs back up to a surface wherever he is on Earth, and he ends up in like a beach. I actually love that panel of like him coming out of the sand and the beach, and this like woman in her bikini just like going ah. I,
1: I really like his face and the struggle that he's going through. Mm-hmm. I think her reaction doesn't doesn't quite work for oh, me. I wasn't
0: even meaning the art; I was just meaning the the, the what's happening, the the, the oh, actual sure, the, yeah. the happening of it is is what I enjoy. Uh, I mean, yeah, but the, the art on him's. Better than her for sure. Uh, yeah, but he, he's at uh, uh, Tyler Co. Getting checked up, uh, which has the the, the granddaughter, the great granddaughter of Rex Tyler. So she has a kind of a moment meeting the new hour man with the with the memories. It's a uh, Grandniece, niece, Sorry, sorry. Yes, okay. yeah, The relations right. Uh, I mean, he explains that basically it, he's changed from being carbon based to being silicon based, and it's probably because of the. The this, this thing that happened to him when he's passed me was a sidekick with a gun where he did go through this, this rough patch but they thought they'd fixed it they thought he'd he cured it but he's, he's kind of came back in a weird new, new way uh, that said though as we see throughout the issue it does lend him to some new powers where he can now kind of like travel through different types of material everything that's got silicon in it he can travel through now
1: yeah it it kind of presents as the way the flash phases through things yeah
0: yeah so that's, that's kind of interesting
1: yeah definitely yeah
0: mr terrific shows up kind of the first time we see him um uh michael specifically uh that's mr terrific yeah,
1: yeah i think that's important in the sense that okay it's another legacy character which yeah, is yeah. obviously the, the key focus of this book right now
0: oh yeah because when he's talking to to sand he's like oh it's it's nice to meet someone who's who fought alongside my namesake you know the original mr terrific uh yeah so yeah it's nice to it's nice to have those those beats uh, and it's funny, because when he leaves, he oh, maybe you should come by the GSC headquarters sometime and maybe hang out. And he's like, yeah, maybe I will. So it's kind of even hinting there that, you know, he's probably going to join the team later. Mm. He's probably going to be around. Uh, John Stewart, who's not an active Green Lantern anymore, uh, is the architect for the renovation of the GSC headquarters. And I liked his company name, Shining Light Architects. Nice touch. Um, after that, I did not remember that John Stewart was in a wheelchair at one point
1: i did but only because of this issue only because of this issue okay yeah uh
0: yeah so you know cool uh so he's talking to sand about the the you know what's going on with the building sand kind of freaks out he has these pains he's like no i need to just kind of go and again he sinks into the floor and leaves these clothes behind he's like you know, yeah. i need to get some clothes that will go with me this is i can't keep being he, he, naked he
1: needs, he needs the hulk stretchy pants
0: I- equivalent joe it's you know funny i don't know if it was the first time i read this book now, it must have been the second time I read the, this, this first trade, but uh, the villain that he runs into here, uh, was it Geomancer? Yeah. He, he'd just been on The Flash, so I remember reading this issue soon after that episode and being like, Oh
1: shit, that shitty villain that was just on The Flash is here. Was he on The Flash? Yeah, he was in an episode of The Flash. See, when you said he was in The Flash, I assumed you meant like some no. random issue that you'd read at the time.
0: No, no, no. Not, he was on a TV show. Not
1: the TV show. I I don't recall that at all but I will take your word for it.
0: Yeah. And Sand obviously has to stop him from causing chaos. Uh knocks him out does whatever, you know. This is a fun little action sequence. Uh yeah. that's what it is. He's kind of in sand mode the whole time so he looks kind of like Sandy. <laughs> Colored.
1: Yeah, I think that's um I think he looks a little bit too green. He looks a little hulky. Yeah, I
0: agree his- with that. Should be a bit more yellowish. Yeah. Or brownish. Um, or or well, maybe orange. You know what I mean. Like, so, sandy coloured. Yeah, of
1: yellowy-browny-orange in that range, I think, is closer than the green that we're, we're seeing here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... What would be good if there was a, a method they could use to give it kind of a sort of, a texture, to give it the kind of the sandy quality? I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you do that with, like, sort of colouring it with a different technique, like maybe using a sponge to colour them instead of, uh, you know, with the pen kinda, or yeah, whatever. Yeah,
1: kind of give it the, the really fine spots, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, that may be a, a tactic I could use for a character like that. He actually ends up falling through the ground again, though. Uh, and there's a great panel here of his hand. It's just, it's, the, it's the opposite. You know how the, uh, the hand coming out the grave that you get in a lot of horror movies? It's the opposite yeah. of that, where it's going down and the sun's behind it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks great, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: very nice moment. Uh, but he actually does this as a ruse and comes back up uh, and grabs Geomancer from the other side. Uh, yeah. So... There you go. Uh that's how he wins that fight and knocks him out. So we see him, he's got he's got his new outfit that will travel with him. He still wants to be called Sand. Uh even mm-hmm. though the others But uh was it Geomancer said he was working for was it the council? So uh Alan's gonna look into see if he can figure out who the council are. You know, is this anyone we know? Is this some group of villains we have to be aware of? Uh Sand demonstrates he's he's sort of controlled that he's getting over his powers. He scares one of the uh, the, the workers, <laughs> drops his screwdriver.
1: To be fair, if someone just popped out of a wall in front of me, I, I might be a little bit worried too.
0: Yeah. So this is a silent focused issue. This, this is a nice uh, sort of like giving him a, a... The first issue we had definitely gave him more than the others, but now that he's the leader of the team, uh, and obviously we know we're getting other issues as well, focusing on different characters, it's nice to start with him, but this is kind of his issue to really establish what his power set is, and give us a feel for the character which i think is important in a team like this especially when a lot of the characters are characters who have not had their own books in decades if ever so mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense to do it um and then the final little tease is actually a tease of obsidian
1: yeah well you know he he takes out this guy and it's 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 pretty sinister and then he comes out and he's talking to us like hey I, I didn't even need to you know one of of his, to, to, to to deal with him it was easy yeah one of his foster fathers
0: or foster parents uh that, yeah. that he's killing here um and obviously we, we teased obsidian back in like the the first issue because there was like one of the scenes that cut away from the funeral if you remember mm. uh so really cool stuff uh i love how the coloring completely changes for these two pages versus the rest of the issue like these they uh, blues that
1: they it's got it's really dark blue a lot of yeah. shadow which obviously makes sense.
0: Yeah, very different from everything we've had before. Uh, so, and that's the end of the issue. That's the end of that. Uh, so the next issue is actually, I believe, the first John's issue. It's so. is John's, still with Goya, though. Still with Goya, but yeah, first John's issue, so uh, that's exciting. <laughs> We're finally getting to a
1: John's issue. So the John slot might finally have John's in it.
0: Yeah, finally got some John's. Uh, <laughs> what, what a novelty. Uh, no, it's a solid issue. I I mean, it's, again, it's not my favourite so far,
1: of, of the... Yeah, the, I think in in many ways it might be my least favorite so far. Even though it's there's nothing really wrong with it, it's just not that exciting in its own right. It's just it's a really solid. Okay, this is establishing sand. He's going to be the leader, so we have got to do this first. Mm-hmm. It's just not that exciting either.
0: Yeah, that's that's a solid seven if I ever if I
1: ever. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that in every way.
0: Yeah, it's a solid seven. too much to complain about. Nothing too much to overly praise. It's just a solid continuation, doing some you know proper character building that it needs to do, so we understand Sand and who he is and so on, uh, and a couple of teases for things coming up, of course, as well. So, yeah. uh, really cool stuff. That is JSA issue five, which will take us on to Action Comics issue seven six nine. Joe Kelly writing with Kano on the art. Nice to know that the, the fighter from Mortal Kombat also gets some work as a comic artist. Hey, you gotta make ends meet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: the so this has been a real mixed bag obviously this has been an arc that's been bouncing around all the superman books, uh, this is the first action issue uh, this is this completes the rotation of the four books before we get the one shot and then we get another rotation of the four books this is the, the issue that at least has a bit of superboy in it or super burger boy <laughs> as we come to know him yeah. but it's kind of this weird thing where that first issue was really good and then it made a really bad issue and then the last one was just kind of mediocre and in the middle yeah this I think is again mediocre, maybe a, a touch better, but still kind of on that mediocre borderline.
1: I agree. Before we even get to anything else, though, I want to complain about the the credits page. Okay. So on the credits page, if if you if you would care to take a look at it, it's like the the second page in it. Okay, I'm getting there. There we go. Um, it has along the the left hand side the title of the the arc, you know, uh, Su- Superman Arkham,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and underneath it. It says, and, and this is all like upside down lettering because bizarro, but it says part two. And that threw me. I literally, I came back out of the issue and was like, was I supposed to read this as part two? And then I was like, nope, it says part four in the, in the, like the solicit text underneath it, essentially. Uh, I checked in, in a reading order it said part four. Interesting but here in the trade it says part four. Oh, that is interesting. They, they fixed it. That's what I that was clearly a mistake. It. That was a print error. Okay. It was a print error, but I was, I'm just looking at this and going, Part 2? Should I have been reading this second? I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. For second. You know, when I got through the rest yeah. of the issues, it was very clear.
0: Because you, you, you said that, and I looked at it, and I went, that's us 4. <laughs> what's he
1: talking about? <laughs> uh, no, okay, in the single issue, uh, originally, which is what I'm assuming this uh, DC Universe version is, definitely says Part 2, because I'm looking at it now just to make sure but, I wasn't wait. going crazy. Can, can I just... I really wish, if I don't really like the
0: gimmick of doing the, the creator's names backwards for the bizarro speak, but if you're going to do it, can you at least, like, they've done this thing with Joe Kelly's name, where because Joe's three letters, the first word is three letters, so, so rather than have Kelly be one word backwards, it's like, Joe, uh, Joe K is one word, and then LLY is the second word, or the first word, you know, depending yeah, on your perspective. Yeah, it's like, I hate it. Yul. Like, at, at least have it be Joe backwards and then Kelly backwards. Like don't 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 redistribute the amount of letters, it's annoying. To,
1: yeah, to, no, to, I'm with you. On to that. the
0: to the point when I looked up the creator for the, for my, my list here so I could say it, I actually was like, Oh, is Joe Kelly wrote this? Because I tried to read it and went, do you know what, I can't be bothered. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Yeah.
1: If you'd seen Joe Kelly, you'd like, oh I know who that is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh and Kano. And I I thought Onak was the artist, but it's actually Kano. Uh <laughs> What a bizarre world. <laughs> that's kind of the point uh basically Superboy is working at a burger place and is, is, is hates his life and then bizarro and the fight with the the gsa or the gla sorry uh sort of come t- crashing through he then is like great i can give up this job because the building's screwed but much like superman he's living in a loop and the building just kind of reappears and he's forced to go back to work and he's just miserable about it and that's your Superboy inclusion.
1: <laughs> that's pretty much all of Superboy, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's...
0: it. The rest of it's uh, Superman and Steel going to the, the Watchtower and basically Superman finding Mixie, the real Mixie, and Mixie gives him his memories back so he knows who he is and like grabs him. and There's, there's a lot of self-doubt before then where he makes like little glasses for himself and he's confused because everyone, everyone here knows that two plus two equals fish except us.
1: Yeah. I actually quite like the moment where he kind of Bent the, the the glasses into in just into the shape of the frames. Mm. I did like that.
0: I will say I did think it was kind of weird. There's a whole page like teasing the villain that he's going to fight on the watchtower when we met him already before. It was it was like oh the big villain that you know, Superman's going to have to fight, and it was like I, I don't know he didn't feel that important to me to give him a whole page of like hey did this... we meet him before? Yeah, it was in the lineup because it was like ignition or whatever his name is, right?
1: I'll take your word for it. Igniter. Because that was two issues ago, and it was a pretty uninspired lineup yeah. um, but I, I will take your word for it that he was there and
0: there's a page of Lois just sort of being confused as why she keeps doing things
1: there's, to help Superman kind of, kind of the the same we've had for the last three issues
0: yeah that, that's my biggest problem is that I feel like the last this issue and the last two or last three what's it been last two yeah this is the fourth issue overall so it's the last yeah, two so
1: the last two plus this one
0: is that I feel like they didn't have enough story for three issues so there's been so much fluff and repetition in these three issues now this one's probably the best written of the three because it's joe kelly but i still yeah. i still found myself being frustrated because i feel like it was doing nothing new um, yeah, and
1: i feel like there's this oblig- obligatory inclusion of the characters who are meant to be in the books like yeah. in this case superboy and we had you know the supergirl in that other issue where it's like there and they've got to be in the issue yeah. sealed has felt like actually relevant
0: yeah yeah i honestly like the only important thing in this issue is the ending which is he gets to mixie, he gets his memories back and we find out who's actually pulled because because obviously superman thinks Mixie's behind all this world and makes like no it's not me someone else is like manipulating to their heart's content and it's the reveal that it's joker right no emperor joker is the the guy behind us
1: i am i like the beat where superman starts choking Mixie. he's like you're gonna say your name backwards damn it and um, Mixie just says it and he's like that was easy i didn't have to trick you to it and he's like yep and see nothing happened yeah that, that was kind of nice
0: yeah they also encounter uh what gorgeous gilly yes which is just a sort of gross out comedy spot where she tries to kiss superman
1: yeah yeah like exciting?
0: yeah uh so you know I-, I do love the idea that like mixy like what we think of as Mixie now from the modern era looks like when he astral projects, he sends it like the classic 50s Mixie, <laughs> yeah. To the, the, and the I don't know how Mixi. long
1: this, this era, you know, this idea of Mixie's been going on, but I think it's clearly if this isn't the first place, I'm I'm not going to give this credit. Oh, sure, but, you yeah. know, the idea that you know, he's not evil, he's you know, trickster and just kind of going along with things and. You know, for him here it's like, no, this is too far. Like I am I'm not messing with this. This is Joker. Come on, Superman, you gotta come sort this shit out.
0: Yeah, so Vexapetalic's not the one behind it all, it is uh, Joker. And that's the that's your big cliffhanger leading into the one shot. So clearly the only real plot beast that had to happen in the three issues after the first proper issue that was by Loeb, is that Superman is to get his memories back Maybe ask to introduce me with some of what other characters are, if that's important yeah, for later. Yeah, I say
1: recruit Steel, maybe. Yeah. Again, that's the only one that feels important right now.
0: And have the reveal at the end that Joker's behind it. That is the only important stuff that's happened in the three issues. Everything with Bizarro has been fluff. Everything, mostly with Supergirl and Superboy, outside of maybe just establishing where they are, because that might become relevant when they show up.
1: With, yeah, with but it feels like this could have been one issue for instead yeah. of three,
0: very easily. Absolutely could have been. Uh, it's been a frustrating read because of that. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I do think this is the best of the three. Well, you know, after that first good issue, this is the best of the three. But unfortunately, I still think it's only maybe just scraping like a six.
1: That's exactly where I'm going to put it—a six as well. Um, like I say I think it's it's probably the best. It feels the most relevant because it kind of feels like we're going right into the final beat. Um, it definitely wasn't a chore to read like the second issue of this arc mm. was. Um, so I think it's kind of gotten gradually better over the last three issues to this point. But I mean we're nowhere near the heights of that first issue, which was really quite solid. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, All right, well, we'll move on then to our final issue of
0: the show, which is Batgirl issue two. This is, of course, the 2009 series that came out of Batman Reborn. And not only was Dick Grayson taking over Batman, Stephanie Brown was taking over Batgirl. And we obviously talked about the first issue, praised it pretty heavily. (laughs) And issue two comes here. We had the the cliffhanger, of course, was Bab showing up to confront Stephanie about being Batgirl kind of... Uh, what and what's so great about it is the hypocrisy because Bab's kind of started that way too. She kind of did it without it being sanctioned. She just went out and did it.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of the whole point that she yeah. could proved herself. So now nah, we should definitely be Batgirl Year One at some point.
0: I love Batgirl Year One. That is such a on the vote book. That is gonna be on a vote at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So yeah. So we have a uh, Steph, you know, taking these. You know carjackers or whatever they are I can't even remember they're they're, they're at a mechanics place but
1: yeah uh, and she's like god damn it I should have I should have learned how to sew
0: Yeah, Uh, but Babs is trying to talk her out of it and she's you know Steph's just like munching her waffles as you do Uh, (laughs) because she's the waffle queen of course Uh, and I love that she she runs away from Babs by going up her stairs I, it's such a. She doesn't even say anything about it. She doesn't like, crack a joke about her being in a wheelchair. She just walks up the stairs to get away from her.
1: Yeah. It's just and a, her house is obviously not built to accommodate.
0: Yeah. It's just a statement. And what does Babs do? She throws a battery
1: at her. <laughs> That'll do the trick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I can handle myself. And Babs is like, mm hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so we have, you know, Steph in class, um, you know, basically again not really pay attention but she does actually crack a little joke based on the lesson which makes some of the 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 other people in class laugh and she's like hey this is a bit better in high school people aren't just lame for the sake of it until the douchebag tries to kind of ask her out in a really sort of you know frat boy kind of way and she's like no
1: but actually i still a little bit like high school still still." yeah and and the the popular girl yeah quote unquote just kind of laughs at her a bit
0: yeah Uh, And, you know, Babs is looking into the the recent death of the, 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 I think one of the race car drivers. It was on a drug. This is where it's going, where there's like, okay, there's this designer drug that's making people go kind of crazy. It's kind of exotic. And, of course, there's this Harvest Festival. And I love the running gag here where Stephanie and then later Babs is like, what does Gotham even harvest? (laughs) There's no harvesting going on. Yeah. Uh, But the, the popular girl basically acts out because she's taking some of this drug. Someone spiked the drink. Uh, the punch at this uh, festival. And, you know, Steph, like, sees the guy run off. She's like, okay, I'm getting my bat suit out. And she runs off. But of course, much like Babs Wonder earlier, eventually she was... Because, do you know what I love the best? This is going to be a bizarre comparison, but it reminded me a little bit of Jurassic Park 3. Defend. Stick with me. So in Jurassic Park 3, the kid that was left on the island that they, that they find, when Alan Grant finds him, he's got a jar of T-Rex piss. And the reason why he has it is because it scares away the smaller dinosaurs, but the bigger dinosaur, the Spinosaurus, it attracts. So it's a really useful tool, but it's dangerous against the one thing that's bigger and badder. So that's kind of what Bab says here about the bad symbol, is that it scares away the low-level thugs, but for the crazier villains, it'll attract
1: them. How is it that Jurassic Park 3, <laughs> of all things, has a better jar of piss usage than Batman
0: I can't believe it, but my, com- my my comparison there, I think, was basically perfect. I mean, I want to give you a shit, but you might be onto something. <laughs> the bat symbol is the jar of T-Rex piss uh, in this context. Uh, and of course, so this, this yes. guy doesn't run. He pulls out a knife. He's got his thugs to sort of back him up. And Bab starts talking to her and she's like, wait, how can you talk to me? She's like, look, this was, this was Cassie's suit. Of course, there's some comms in there because I'm Oracle. What are you talking about? Yeah, uh,
1: you did wash the suit, right? And she's like, <laughs> "Um, sure,
0: <laughs> Steph." Uh, and she has to dodge the, the the truck and all the rest of it. And Babs is just kind of like rubbing her eyes. like, Oh God, all right. Uh, and also, our 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 servers are starting to smoke. She's new computers. Yeah. Um, it's all very amusing. Uh, and she calls in Alfred, and Alfred's like with the outsiders. <laughs> He's flying a like a, a shuttle in space. Yeah. and she's like, "Hey, is the is the is the key still hidden where where you know where it was you know supposed to be? It's still,
1: still under the mat?" And he's like, "I think we moved it to a hollow rock in the garden. So try there instead."
0: So it cuts to the back cave, and Babs has got Steph in the back cave, and they're analyzing the crime, you know, the hologram of the crime scene, and looking at what's going on. And Steph's insisting that she's going to do this. And uh, this little bit here where she's like, hey, like the original Batgirl outfit's in one of these cases. And I like how there's actually a mention about the how it's, it, they're changing it. Dick's actually moving things around to suit him because it's, it's his Batcave now. Because uh, yeah. there's a little joke about, oh, I wonder what he's going to do with a penny.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah. She, but there's she, a nice bit of how, you know, Steph shouldn't aspire to have a costume there because that usually doesn't mean something good.
0: Yeah. Oh, to be fair with Dick, he moved on to a, a better thing. Uh,
1: yeah, but he's the he's the exception. Yeah, everyone else scenario. is because
0: they either died or get paralyzed or shit happened. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I love Babs thrown at her face, and she even acknowledges in her narration she throws it in her face when she says, "Oh, the the the, the cop said someone was pretending to be Batgirl. That's what that's how she was referred to on yeah, official and, channels." And then
1: she, she's like, "No, I'm I'm being spiteful now," and she even though it's probably true that the cop said that.
0: Yeah. Um, and she she admits that she's been she she might even be jealous. Like that this might be it. She she may want to be this herself. Um and then she throws it in her face where she's like, you know, if you don't do what I tell you, I'll tell your mother
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: So really good stuff. Uh, the guy that the cops picked up though, uh the, the was the main one she was fighting, uh like Basically, there's, like, a breakout attempt when he's in the car where the the, the, the manhole kind of shoots up at them. Uh, there's a whole attack to try and, like, you know break, break him free. And the big reveal at the end of the issue, the big cliffhanger, is that Scarecrow is behind this drug. And that's why it's making people go so crazy. Uh, because it's of fear toxin. So, yeah, uh, Scarecrow is a solid B-level villain to give, like, a, a sidekick you know, a Batgirl-level character, kind of a, a big villain of the, to, to to fight in the first arc, but not, like, it's not the Joker. But, it, you know, Scarecrow, he's big enough no, he's I, a name. I
1: agree. He's he's a name where he's, he's big enough that, okay, sure, he can fight Batman and take him on in a story, but he's not so big that you don't doubt that one of the sidekicks could take him out on his own. Yeah. You know, in this, you know just like, they, they, can, they can have a good shot
0: Yeah. Not to say, I mean, I, I think there's a great, like, I think there's a great potential in, like, Batgirl girl or another character like on their own having to take on a joker like story on their own and how, how how you could sort of almost like in wrestling you refer to it as a push where you elevate someone to a new standing where now of course now they're a world champion contender as opposed to just a mid-carder right and i feel like you can do that with a comic book character by like giving them that one shot where they take on a villain where they're not supposed to be able to fight but they kind of rise to the occasion and that's what the story is is that they actually you know rise to the challenge and do it
1: I don't know what a mid mid-carter is, but yes, um, I, I agree. <laughs> Someone who's goes no. in the middle of the show, not the main event. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, no, I, I get your point here. That I think the thing is that there is. I suspect most of the the Bat Family, as they are, you know, at a reasonable level, could do a story against the Joker and, you know, come off and and, and go. Okay, we managed to survive, but it would be tough. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They would not they wouldn't do it easy. They'd get, they'd, they'd, scrape through it.
0: Scarecrow is a, a mid card villain, to put it the way I'm saying. Sure,
1: yeah. Um, Scarecrow's one you can do as as the first villain. You can't yeah. do that with Joker. You got, you got to build the Joker. Absolutely. So, no, uh,
0: and I think that's why the traps that some writers have background in the last you know decade have fallen into because it's been Babs again. Is they always have to reference Killing Jokes, so we always have to have the hints of the Joker. Uh, sort of been mentioned, even if he's never it's, the outright villain in the story.
1: It's why I kind of love uh James Gordon Jr. Oh, I like him too a lot. Yeah, in in the sense that it, it gives Babs a really personal villain that can always reference history and and such, but is unique to her and is a a threat in multiple ways and isn't just the Joker again. I like it a lot.
0: I feel I feel like they have there's a real challenge trying to build a rose gallery for Dick or Barbara or or in this case Steph where. For some reason Batman has so many great ones that but for some reason they struggle so much to create a new one for some of the other characters. And I get that even the big character even like Superman and Wonder Woman don't get new good villains that often, but you know, Batgirl as a concept's been around and even just as a book has been around since like two thousand. Ish. So like in all that time we couldn't establish like one character because even James Gordon Jr. Wasn't established in Batgirl. That was established in Detective Comics, and it was a, a Dick it, Bat story. It was story. established there yeah.
1: and as a as a Batman story originally. But I think primarily a, a Barbara villain right now. It just it think. makes
0: sense for her to be attached to it, obviously. It, it
1: does, and but I think that's probably the only out of any of the Batgirls. That's the only Batgirl villain I could really name. I mean, I think
0: you could argue Shiva for casting away.
1: <sighs> yeah, but again, it has this thing where. The, okay, the difference between uh, James Gordon Jr. is that, okay, he had one story as a Batman villain and then we moulded him into Batgirl pretty quickly after that.
0: Do you, know I think, or do you know what I honestly think the problem is with making villains for all these characters is that I think they keep trying to like, make villains that are specifically like, oh, we'll make some sort of villain that's like a hip, trendy villain because that'll particularly feel like a, a foe for, you know, young Batgirl to take on. And I'm like, just think of a cool villain. Just think of a cool villain. And maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But eventually one of them's going to click and one of them's going to hit that... Just that that perfect pitch where yeah. it's like they're a new villain and it won't matter. Like they could have been a Batman villain, sure, but they're not. It's this this Batgirl
1: or Robin who are fighting them. Do you know what it's kind of like? It's like Deathstroke for the Teen Titans. Mm. In that, you you wouldn't go, oh, that's a perfect match for the Teen Titans, right? But no, it it just, it just it, they they made it work then and it stuck.
0: Yeah, and Deathstroke's still around. He had he's had his own book for you know fifty plus Years, issues, multiple yeah. times. So like yeah so just that's basically it just stop yeah. trying to make something that's like i feel like they go out of their way to either try and make something that's hip and trendy to go with the, the younger character or they'll try and avoid having to be anyone like a batman villain i'm like it's okay if because like, you know even some batman villains have some overlap it's okay it is.
1: I'm, I'm thinking like in the the rebirth nightwing book was it rapture was his name and and I yes think it was a you know, solid character worked fine but I think they went too hard to try and make it. No, this is Dick's villain, right? Where it's they tried like, to tie oh, it too
0: much into his backstory. Like, there was too much. Yeah. Like, not every, it's why my pet peeve is actually about storytelling in general, whether it be movies, TV shows, comics, but when you've got established, like, I mean, standalone movies is not really an issue, but any kind of established characters where are around for a long time, see when they try and retcon a villain into their backstory, I'm like, stop it, I hate it. Because for some reason it's something that, so many writers feel the need to do. And even when it's done well, and it, like in this one context, maybe it's okay for this character. I'm I'm so sick
1: of writers doing it that it always like there's a little like... And and I want to make it clear, I don't hate Rapture. I think Rapture was a fine oh, character. Yeah, if right. he comes back, I'll be down for it. But I definitely feel like it had to it's so specific. We have to make this specific to Dick, right? Um in in the same way, in many sense that, that James Gordon Jr. is specific to Babs, right? That it's it's her, it's so personal for them. Whereas it doesn't like the Joker's is not personal to Bruce. No, yeah, exactly. It's just the Joker. It's fine. It it can become personal
0: to the characters through the story of them encountering the villain. It doesn't have to be something tied to their past. Like, just have them encounter this new villain, and then hopefully, this, if the story is good enough, we'll associate the villain with that character, and it'll be their new nemesis exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and that all came because Scarecrow showed up <laughs> the issue. Yeah. But uh, Scarecrow, solid b tier villain to, to have uh, Steph face off against. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. So, um, yeah. I, I think, I, I I mean, I loved that first issue. This issue was really solid. Uh, I wouldn't rate it it's as highly still, as that first one. It's but... still a
1: great issue, but it's not as strong, no. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't do anything wrong. It's just not as, as you know, every beat is is fantastic at the yeah. first issue this is like yeah it's it's good it's real good yeah
0: solid eight out of 10 for me this
1: issue um uh, i agree i want to give just well no i want to give a special shout out to the cover for this issue mm-hmm. um the the phil noto cover because that was like my phone background for like a year and a half because i love that cover it's so good this is the one with the, the orange back girl uh the orange background with with back girl like, i think uh, the, the yellow boot.
0: later on in this series some of the first ever art germ covers i saw pop up oh really um yeah as, as variants or regular covers I think they were the regular covers, but I mean, I could be wrong, but um, cool, there's, a, yeah. there's a couple of great shots of her in the rain and these covers that are, that are just, and I, 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 I'm pretty sure they're Archer, but it was long before who I knew he was. It was just kind of like, in retrospect, I went, oh, that was Archer, <laughs> must have been. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I get you. Anyway, uh, that's Batgirl Issue 2, uh, which was the last book of the week. Uh, picking the favourite this week, is pretty obvious given the scores. We, we both rated Batman
1: 404 incredibly highly. Uh, with good reason, well, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's clearly the, the top issue, right? Um, yeah. It, I mean, JSA has kind of ruled the roost so far, and I think it had its, well, my least favourite issue of it. Not the worst, it's not a bad issue, but my well, least favourite, and then Batman kind of came in with this.
0: Yeah, I think Batgirl went for me last time. I, I think Batgirl's probably my number t- two. Well, That and Flash are pretty level-ish, um, and JSA, like I say, it was a solid seven. Birds of Prey and manhunt was around a seven. Uh, you know, for for me, I think then you have action at the sort of sixish, and then you have Wonder Woman for me at the bottom place. It's,
1: it's funny because for me, I have Batman top easily, and then Batgirl, and then I have Birds of Prey, JSA, and the Flash all sitting at a seven. That I would have to think about if I was really kind of mm. ranking them out, but they're all like in that range where yeah, they're they're good. Yeah. So there you go, that is
0: the that is the show. Uh, we're still discussing what the plans are, uh, whether or not we're going to still launch elsewhere or maybe even just go weekly with this show. Uh, and the reason why, if you didn't know why, that's even something we're talking about, why we're debating what to do, is because the digital price for comics uh, in the entirety of Europe shot up. Uh, to put it in simple terms for the American uh, listeners, basically all the $4 books became $6 overnight. And... uh but buying a whole other set of like new issues weekly
1: <laughs> became a, a significant burden immediately yeah
0: yeah, yeah. well because i'm already paying more just for the books i already was reading because yeah. I, I, I i'm sort of slowly transitioning to physical now
1: because it's yeah. actually slightly cheaper to do so yeah uh just but just hey. before we finish i know i know we obviously yeah. just mentioned that, that that batman was the best book and we others do, do we usually do art on this
0: could start doing art. <laughs> I feel
1: like we usually do,
0: but and and we've oh.
1: just kind of forgotten.
0: But I don't know. Um, I mean, if we're picking best art, I mean, it's probably Flash was good, but it's probably between Batman and Batgirl.
1: And I think I agree. I think I praise Batman a lot, but I do really love that Batgirl art. I mean, League Albert is fantastic. I I love Lee Albert.
0: Hmm, it's really tough. Uh. Part of me feels like I should probably give it to Batman because we praised how much of a tone shift it was and because of in the context of like whereas we already gave it pro- I mean if we did do Best Art last time we probably gave it to Batgirl because it was fantastic art. Uh, yeah
1: we did. Um, I, I'm going to give it to Batman as well and I think that's mostly because the colours are so standout because um, mm. as, 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 when we're obviously, when we're talking about art here as a whole, we're talking about the whole package—not just the pencils or you know things. We're talking the you know the, the 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 finished, completed. Yeah, product. coloring,
0: inking, all do, the whole shebang.
1: Yeah, I think the colors do push it over the edge. And layouts too. as well. Layouts are really important. Layouts are also—they are—because you get sometimes where you'll get one artist doing the layouts and everyone else doing the finishes, and uh, it can really show when someone else helps with uh, with layouts on a on someone who's who's maybe weaker on that element.
0: Yeah, someone who's is good at the actual drawing but isn't necessarily good at mapping out what the thing should be. But yeah. you know you put them together. Oh, well, some people just are good at both, so they just get.
1: Oh, of course, yeah. You
0: know. Anyway, that is uh that is the show. That is episode six of previously in the multiverse. Um, so do to give us your, your thoughts, um, on the possibility of either elsewhere in the alternating weeks or just weekly previously. If we do go weekly, I will say this that it, there will be weeks off occasionally, but uh, it'll be mostly weekly. Uh, but I mean again, I, I do want to do elsewhere. I want to do, read some other books as well. Ongoing, but um. Maybe another option would be that Elsewhere doesn't necessarily become a new issue show and is kind of a, more of a mix of this and a new... Sh- like, like, I don't know, like some sort of weird concoction where... Like, do we do the, the, the Marvel Unlimited schedule where we're just six months behind to make it cheap? <laughs> just always be six months behind on Marvel books, I don't know. Uh- <laughs> I mean, it's an option. It's an idea. Uh, I'll just throw it out there. Or even, even just wait till for trades to come out, because now the trades are much cheaper. Like, the trade, the trades, night and day, the trades are cheaper now.
1: Yeah, the trades have always been cheaper, for Marvel especially, yeah. have always been cheaper. And they're cheaper. more
0: expensive now, but they're still fair versus what their single issues it's are. To the
1: point now where, in the, you know, the, the weekly sales and um Marvel trades, they price differently, whereas DC have always traditionally had like a set price and maybe a higher price for the next year whereas marvel have very consistently priced wildly differently depending on how many issues are in the book yeah
0: it's just based on page count for the most part
1: yeah and now the ones with the lower page count are still at a price where i can justify just kind of impulse buying whereas the dc ones are not anymore
0: yeah. That said, I mean, I think the trade sale prices are still fair if you're actively wanting something. Yes. They're, they're completely fair prices to pay for the books. They're just not... They're, this is something that used to happen with Steam sales of video games, is that you would just impulse buy, like, a ton of stuff every time there was a sale, because the prices were so cheap. And that kind of went away. And this is the same thing that's happened with comics now, where I used to impulse buy at least DC trades every time there was a DC sale. And now... Yeah probably not
1: like like i said I'm i've been impulse buying at least one or two trades every single week for the last four or five months and now it's just well you know until this shift and no single one since i did buy a hulk trade that i needed when they did that because commisology doing flash sales lately yeah joe you know I, I i was really bummed about
0: that that sale because uh i have remember remember when they were doing like those trade new trades for one one dollar each and how cheap yes. it was um, I had uh, Peter David's Hulk run, I had like volumes 3 5 and 6 of that so I really wanted to get like at least one, two, four. so I'd have the first 6 in that yeah. sale but I just I couldn't justify uh, buying any comics, like extra comics at the time so I just had to leave yeah, it. Yeah,
1: no that's fair um, I think because it was 75% off it still worked out even with the price increase mm. that we had recently, it still worked out reasonable. So I got a couple of things. Yeah, I mean, if
0: the, I mean the issue count in those books is actually quite good. So even for even for the, the six instead of four pound per trade
1: that it was, was still pretty good value. It just isn't as good as it was before. Uh, yeah. It's the sort of thing where maybe in a year's time when we're used to this pricing, yeah, maybe um, we, we won't feel it as much because that's something that um, that, I, that I know has happened in, in my workplace in the past. So it'll um, be interesting to see. Yeah. how a sh- a moods change. Yeah, because uh,
0: I mean, for the record, I did, uh, I, I mean, I think I'm technically one issue behind in these now, because I've not read in a couple of weeks, but I did more or less get caught up in Buffy and Angel. I'm you know, caught, maybe, borrowing the newest issue of Daredevil, and I've started catching up in Captain America, um, and I'll see a bit, because one of the ideas that I wanted to do for Elsewhere was I wanted to, and Connor was kind of on board with doing this, was uh, working do Turtles from issue one, uh, the IDW series. Um, doing an issue, of an, an episode, so, and I do actually still really want to do that. and I
1: don't want It to... is, but at the same time, if people would rather just have this every week.
0: Yeah, well, one of the things I was considering is that the two voted-for uh, slots would alternate, uh, so that, like, so the other two weeks of the month, um, we'd do something else. Or part of me was thinking that we just have an eighth slot and do Turtles there, so I can still read Turtles, because I want to read Turtles. <laughs> it's not DC, but, like, they've done crossovers with DC, it's
1: relevant. Uh, sure, whatever.
0: They're in Injustice too. <laughs> so is Hellboy, admittedly. I was going to say, there are a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, between the comic book crossover and then them being in that video game, I mean, you know what? You know what? Turtles would fit nicely into DC. You know what? They'd slot in quite well.
1: Uh-huh.
0: uh-huh. They, they, did, they, they did do the animated movie as well. Yeah. They, they would slot so happily in and having like Shredder play off a of Ra's Ghoul was just a perfect kind of match for them as well it was like yeah yeah turtles mythology would just slot so nicely into especially since dc have all their own cities so new york's not as populated so turtles would just Mm, slot right in That would be nice
1: and to be honest you could just say it's whatever city you wanted in dc and just it's not new you know not new york in the same way that metropolis is not new york oh
0: sure but i they could just let turtles have new york it's fine i mean
1: you probably could yeah
0: yeah i'd be totally down with that uh Turtles teaming up with the Teen Titans for a story. Turtles, you know, so many options. Um oh man, cast with the Turtles. Oh, that sounds like a fun fun story. So many possibilities. Uh, but do, by all means, do do give us your thoughts and uh all the suggestions we just gave you there uh, for what we're thinking about. And there is just a possibility of just doing else really that we said we were going to do to begin with. Um I'm just we're just weighing up if that's because it is it's one thing just now, I mean it's okay, it's Buffy Angel you know, Halt, Cap, Daredevil, maybe one other book, but there's going to be new books to try. There's going to be other things we may end up wanting to keep up on. And the the price now will be ramping up it's, uh, it's a, as it goes. It's
1: a tough thing where we don't want to miss out on all the cool books that we're like, oh, well, we would like to have tried that. We would have liked to try that. And it'll feel weird not talking about them, but it's going to get expensive pretty fast.
0: Yeah. And obviously with DC, because that is our main show, I, we do kind of prioritise like trying everything pretty much from the main line yeah. uh, uh, and the black label stuff as well so yeah so that's what it that is but yeah feel free to f- uh, chime in and what your your thoughts on everything we said there uh would you rather just get these episodes more frequent or do you want to hear us talk about the, the turtle series and talk about hulk and daredevil and buffy angel and there's gonna be, be a well mini series starting uh, in summer by uh, mawiko tamaki Who's also taking over Wonder Woman? I'm getting T- a- Tamaki getting busy. Yeah, Tamaki doing some things that I really care about.
1: I'm um, I'm into it. Mm. So, and, and that's the thing, like especially with the the Buffy ones. I'm going to be reading those either way because I'm, I'm I'm committed into that already. So I'm so pissed because I,
0: I I have them all bought digitally up until the price hike, and now I've got this like well, did I just start buying them physically now. So now I just have physical Buffy issues starting at issue like fourteen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been getting them all physically the whole time. Thankfully, mainly, honestly, a big part of it was I really <laughs> like the Kevin Water covers, um, which anyone mm. who listened to you know the, the the original version of elsewhere will know is I really love those covers. Yeah, <sighs> made me go to the shop and get those ones, and I mean, kind of worked out well in the long run for me. It's, even even you know before this, well, you know the, the the angel had that soft launch with the the physical early. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll probably just start buying them physically for whatever
0: the <laughs> next issues are. <laughs> you can get the whole Willow miniseries because it's just it's a true. Mini, right? Yeah, it's just a five issue mini. Which is fine. I don't think Willow should have it ongoing because that would mean keeping her away from the main book, and it's weird not to have Willow with Buffy for that long. Like, it's fine to have her gone for, you know, a, an arc.
1: But it's you weird. don't even necessarily need to, you can just say this takes place in between oh, these But if,
0: if it was an ongoing book though, it would be weird if she was still there with Buffy Because cause it says she's travelling around the world, like I'm okay, like okay, it takes place between these two Buffy arcs, fine, if yeah. it's just a mini, but if it's like, no it's like a 50 issue series, it's like, does it all take place between two Buffy arcs? <laughs> like, what? Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: that'd be a bit weird Anyway, so yeah, let's let me think of uh, our thoughts there uh for, for for that uh and the comments like and subscribe all that stuff of course you can uh, get the show a day early as well as comics from the multiverse if you are five dollar or above patron one dollar of course is also uh highly appreciated if you for support supports for his one dollar per month over at patreon.com slash TV. i will take this time to thank our patron producers for the month um oh my my post-it notes Gone. Oh, I look for memory. It's fine. Uh, thank you to David Shaw, Alison M. Forday, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. I knew them. It's fine. But I usually have a I've got like a, a digital post-it note on my desktop. I really hope
1: you didn't forget anyone there. Uh,
0: no, I'm positive. I'm positive. It's five. Uh, so thank you to you guys uh, for being patron producers. Uh, I'll have to. What happened to my post-it note? I hope I had a lot of notes in that. Actually, I hope it's they're not all gone. I uh, had a lot of things noted on done that for various reasons but anyway uh you can of course get us a patreon uh you can of course get us on twitter at dc comics podcast and uh otherwise thank you very much for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics and behold praise be our waffle Queen.